the Greek Theater of Berkeley, California, 1989. I went to a show of the Jerry Garcia Band and I think Jimmy Cliff. Friend of the devil is a friend of mine. And I was actually leaving for Israel the following week. I decided to go to Israel for four months and live on a kibbutz and volunteer and learn some Hebrew. And this was like my last hurrah before I left. On the way back from the show, we met some guy who offered us a ride. You guys need a ride? And he was giving another ride to a guy, an Israeli guy, as it turned out. He was in the car with us for an hour and a half, and he knew I was Jewish. I was going to Israel. I was going to his own country. At the end of the ride, he said, would you do me a favor? It's my friend's birthday in a couple days, and I'm already late. Will you mail this for me when you get to Israel? It'll take much less time. If I mail it from here, it'll take two weeks. I didn't really think twice about it. I just thought, sure. And I had such a level of trust. I was a deadhead for years, and I, I really do feel like those people are your family, whether you know them or not. So he gave me, like, the business size envelope. He put his own return address and name on the back and just said, mail it when you get there. And I said, okay, thanks. I had the envelope in my carry-on, and when the security came up to me and said, did anyone give you anything to take to Israel, I immediately said yes, and I took out the package and gave it to them. They looked at it, and they said, who gave this to you? The guy said, wait right here, I'll be right back. And he took it behind the counter, and he was gone for like a good 20 minutes. And they came back, and the guy said, okay, you can take it. And I said, is everything okay? And he said, yep, everything's fine. Have a good trip. I arrived totally exhausted, and um, I get off the plane, go to passport control, and they don't give me my passport back. And they say, go with these people. And there were three plainclothes policemen waiting for me right outside passport control. We go in the room, and they all sit down around a table, and I'm standing up. I was just kind of like, all right, they're going to open the package and see that it's nothing, and then that's it. And one of them takes the envelope. He holds it far from his body, and he opens it very carefully with a pen. And then I see a baggie fall out. And as soon as I saw the baggie, I just, oh, my God, I knew. I said, oh, my God, it's drugs. And I just, I panicked. I, I collapsed against the wall. And they were all just staring at me, and I just totally started crying. I was just so humiliated. Their English was not very good. They didn't even know what the drugs were. And it turned out they were psychedelic mushrooms. I had to explain what I knew about shrooms. I was, you know, explaining to them that it makes you have hallucinations and everything seems really funny. And I was trying to explain this all without seeming like I knew too much about it. And they just kept, you know, okay, on with the questioning. You know, so I'm telling my account, and finally they take a break and say, do you want a cigarette? I'm not a smoker, but I thought, well, when you're being interrogated for bringing drugs into a foreign country and someone offers you a cigarette, you're supposed to take it. And so I took the cigarette, and I totally started choking <coughs> when I inhaled, and they just lost it. They just all cracked up. Like, here's our alleged drug dealer, and she doesn't even know how to smoke a cigarette. And I kind of knew in that moment that everything was going to be okay. 
And then finally they said, okay, you can go. And I just looked at them and said, really? You know, you've had me for five hours. I don't know where I am. You haven't let me change money. The least you can do is take me to my relatives who live in Tel Aviv. And they said, okay, we'll do that. I didn't suffer because of it. I didn't have to go to jail. I didn't, you know, it did become a joke really quickly. So a couple months ago, I was telling the story to some friends, and um, one of my friends said, did you ever try looking for him to tell him how messed up that was? I went on Facebook the next morning, and he was so easy to find. He was the first person with that name to pop up. One of my closest friends said, like, what do you want to get out of this? And I said, you know, I don't even know. I, it's not like I need an apology after all these years, but of course it would be nice to hear one. And he immediately wrote back, and we Skyped a few days later. I was uh, happy. I, I was really glad to get that call. And I wanted to uh, apologize. He told me what had happened on his end, you know, like he only had to spend one night in jail when he got back, but it bothered him for years. He told me that he went to therapy about it and he never touched drugs again because he felt like he didn't want to be that person that drugs made him do something like this. It was like a burden or heavy on my conscience. I didn't know what really happened. And I figured that it wasn't a pleasant experience. Everything happened, I was really upset with myself about being this way, not caring about other people. So I said, I said, no more. I'm going to be responsible for my actions. No excuses. Well, you can see like how remorseful he is and like what a nice guy he is. At the end of the story on my part, it wasn't a big deal. It was just something funny that happened. And in his case, it was something that he really suffered over for years. To me, that the reason I found him was to grant him forgiveness, like he needed it much more than I did. Big thanks to Alex Wall for sharing her story on The Snap. Alex Wall is a personal chef and writer living in Oakland, California. That piece was produced by Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.